This is the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast on Monday, the 13th of November, 2023. I'm Andy Eubank. The Hat Podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust. Experience banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. Visit ffbt.com to learn more or stop by your local branch and talk about your ag operation today. Eric Pfeiffer and Sabrina Halverson on the news today, including a farm bill extension possibility that Farm Bureau is not too excited about. And barge movement improved this harvest season. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin here with the Indiana Farm Forecast. And Brian Basting reviews the markets on Friday, which were mixed. It's the Hoosier Ag Today Monday podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. From seed, grain, and feed companies to crop protection, farm implements, and technology, agribusiness is all around us here in Indiana. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. At ACI, our sole focus is on the needs of our members. We advocate, educate, inform, and we invite you to join us in our mission. Visit our website, inagribiz.org, to become a member. That's inagribiz.org. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. Farm Bureau working to avoid a blanket farm bill extension and barge delays still happening on the Mississippi. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This is Hoosier Ag Today. There's been a lot of talk in D.C. lately about a one-year extension of the existing farm bill instead of making a new one. Farmers aren't thrilled about that possibility, especially Farm Bureau President Zippy Duval. The farm bill can't continue on like it has to be modernized. It has to come up and reflect the true uh, reality of what's happening on farm when it costs us to produce it. In fact, Duval says he's trying to meet with new House Speaker Mike Johnson to discuss the issue. We're reaching out now so that he and I could meet, possibly meet face-to-face real soon. At the National Press Club last week, Duval argued that it's Congress's job, not Farm Bureau's, to figure out funding. And he says farm lenders are paying attention. That operating loan comes from a bank that depends on what the farm bill safety net looks like. Duval also highlighted that safety net contributes to sustainability in the way of farm bill conservation programs, producing the same or more on less land than 30 years ago. Through the research and development dollars that come through the farm bill, that go through our land-grant colleges, that provide us the programs and the knowledge of how to do that on 100 million less acres using less of everything. Duval is encouraged that Speaker Johnson has committed to doing a farm bill as soon as December, despite the many issues he now faces. But Duval acknowledges the reality of the clock and the calendar, and that it will likely take a new year and push to get a new farm bill. Well, it's a different year, but a similar story, another year of shipping delays along the Mississippi River, despite efforts to prevent last year's problems. Our Sabrina Halverson reports. Low water levels on the Mississippi River have slowed barge traffic and reduced loading capacity this harvest season, leading to similar delays and increased costs experienced by the grain industry last year. 
Ben Doan, manager of Barge Freight at CHS Global Grain and Processing, says the industry was taken by surprise last year. There were overloaded barges loaded to 10 to 11 feet that physically just could not transit. So as a result of those barges, hundreds of barges getting left behind, we were congesting fleets at really the worst the worst part of the year um, during gut slot harvest in the Delta. He says the barge traffic was shut down entirely during the harvest for two weeks last year due to low water levels. In response, the Army Corps of Engineers this past summer undertook several dredging operations to avoid a similar situation this harvest season. And that's exactly what happened. 2023, fast forward the clock to to this past September, October, and lightning struck twice, but the industry was just a lot more well-prepped. Um, there were a lot less overloaded barges in the system uh, because the industry was very mindful of what had just happened, and we loaded barges a little bit more conservatively. And the main thing was we were just a lot more well-prepared from a dredging perspective. Now, we did deal with intermittent closures, and we did deal with uh, groundings and uh, closures that lasted up to a couple days, but we avoided the full two-week closure. Thanks to the recent rainfall in the Mississippi River Basin, he says we are coming out of this, which is good news. We have had recent rainfall sweep across the Midwest, which has really been favorable for water levels in the U.S. So we're certainly not out of it, not out of the woods by any stretch of the word, but we're trending in the right direction in terms of water levels. Now, we do need consistent rainfall going forward to ultimately stabilize and sustain water levels to more optimal operating conditions. I'm Sabrina Halverson. Find more farm news, weather, and markets in the new Hoosier Ag Today mobile app, a free download for iPhone and Android. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Let's face it, operating a farm isn't going to get any less expensive this year. That's why an operating loan from Farm Credit Bid America is built to give you more cash back and more flexibility in how you are able to manage your funds. Learn more at fcma.com operating and get an operating loan that pays you back. Loan subject to credit approval. Additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Bid America is an equal opportunity lender. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. Taking a look at the setup here across the region for this week. Looking at a mostly dry pattern overall and temperatures that continue to be warm. We're looking at a fantastic next few days. Today, tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, sunshine, blue sky and temperatures a good 10 to 15 degrees above normal at least. I think we make it into the 60s in many areas, even upper 60s flirting with 70 in parts downstate. We do see significant moisture trying to rotate through the Gulf Coast area, down over Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, so on and so forth through the first part of the week. But I do not have any concern about this moisture lifting north at this point in time. Now, as we take a look farther out, this is where things get a little bit interesting. Late in the week, there's a system coming together in the Four Corners area, looking most Mostly at Friday, Saturday, this kicks out Sunday, the 19th. So if we stay with this timing, that means that we are sunny and pleasant here across Indiana through Friday, through Saturday, and at this point, through Sunday. 
That puts us into the week of the 20th. Next week, when this system tries to work out of the plains into the central and eastern Corn Belt, I'm not sure whether we can get moisture in here right away Monday, but clouds are increasing overnight Monday night, Tuesday. I do think that we're right in the line of fire for a significant round of moisture. Rains that are going to be getting anywhere from a quarter to probably one and a quarter inches. Coverage will be 90% of the Hoosier State. Track of this low right now seems to be just a bit farther to the west, coming across the southern parts of Missouri and up through north-central Illinois. So on that track, we see all rain, no concern about snow, but I do think that we see significant cold air trying to dive in behind this weather system for the balance of next week. So Wednesday forward next week, so Thanksgiving that's part of that pattern. We're looking at cooler than normal temperatures, a nice surge of cold air for Thanksgiving Day. But I do think that we're going to be precipitation free for Thanksgiving Day now, at least the way the timing is working out in this iteration of our forecast. Stay tuned. We'll kind of monitor this. But again, this week, fantastic. We should have no impedance of getting harvest finished between now and Sunday, even next Monday. We've got an open window here. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. Down in corn and wheat, a little bit of a comeback in the soybean market. This is Hoosier Ag Today. I'm Andy Eubank with the Friday Farm Market Review. Settlements from the final day of trade for the week coming up. Market analysis, though, to get us started from Brian Basting, Advanced Trading. I checked in with him in the middle of the trading day. Brian, certainly we'll talk about the USDA November report, which came out Thursday as this report progresses. But let's start with reaction the day after we're a little, about a nickel lower at midday in corn and wheat soybeans did trade lower as well and then bounced a little higher really a quiet overnight so are we still in effect trading that report here on a friday i think so andy as such the market's digesting those numbers from the usda which were a bit bearish notably on the corn side when the usda did bump up the uh, the yield but for for friday yeah we're, we we have seen a uh, some uptick in the bean export demand, Andy, uh, in terms of daily sales announcements, um, particularly to China, unknown destinations. However, we haven't seen those yet for corn in response to these lower prices. So uh, the least uh, path of least resistance, for, as it were, uh, for corn at the moment seems to be lower. What about the uh, long-term effects of those production numbers and really some record yields in a number of spots across the Corn Belt in their corn production estimates? Yeah, I'm glancing at the USDA numbers in front of me here, and you hit the nail square in the head. Uh, 200 bushel yield there statewide for Indiana. That's up uh, 1.5% from October. Uh, your neighbors to the east at uh, 195 in uh, Ohio. That's also a projected record. That's no change from um, October. I'd remind your listeners, though, that not much of that corn had been harvested in Ohio as of the reporting survey period at the end of, uh, of uh, October early November. So uh, my guess is it was under 50%. So that number could still change in January, which would be our next survey-based number. But regardless, yes, some, some very favorable numbers. Hopefully most of your listeners uh, experience these results and very happy to see those. The same thing can be said for beans, Andy, but bottom line is uh, one seven, nearly a 175 yield was well above the trade expectations. Trade was looking for no change compared to October. And most of that, or I should say some of that, increase in production went right to the bottom line for carryout. So the USDA put the corn carryout yesterday at 2156 billion bushel. 
And for comparison, last year's carryout was 1361. So some real quick math here. That's a carryout increase year to year, Andy, of 58%, 58%. So it's really a market that feels a little bit heavy right now. Uh, from the standpoint of we've had several years here, as your listeners know, of some very high prices for corn, combination of of um, smaller crops in South America, Chinese demand. China is no longer buying U.S. corn. They're buying their corn from Brazil. We're a little bit skeptical of USDA's increase in the export forecast yesterday. I think the market's a little skeptical of a 50 million bushel increase in exports with larger exports projected from uh, Ukraine and Russia, for example, compared to October and Brazil just beginning to ramp up their corn exports, and they'll, they'll be aggressively shipping corn for the next three or four months. So um, from a producer standpoint, Andy, it just feels heavy at the moment as we wrap up this corn harvest in the eastern corn belt and um, turn our eyes to South America moving forward. Let's talk a little bit about wheat futures also struggling to gain any footing down about a nickel. Searching for demand, Andy. We didn't get any positive news as such in yesterday's supply-demand report for wheat. Uh, we had a 5 million ton increase uh, in their size of the Russian crop. Now, they didn't change the exports any, but that goes a long way towards explaining why uh, Russia has exported, still projected to export a uh, record amount of wheat this year, 50 million tons. Uh, so all that carryout or that production increase went directly into the carryout stocks. But bottom line is the, the Argentina crop is a little bit smaller compared to last month, but... Um, that was offset by these uh, adjustments again upward in production in, in Russia. Um, Ukraine exports were increased a million tons yesterday for wheat. Uh, Australia crop was unchanged and it stabilized at the end of its growing season. We're just searching for demand, Andy. Uh, we've sold a bit more wheat uh, the last few weeks as we've had some end users put their toe in the water. But one thing looking down the road, I'd remind your listeners. As we wrapped up the planting season, fall planting season for wheat here, our bias is that the uh, intended acreage for soft red winter across the eastern Midwest, this includes Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, and I'd stretch that into Ontario, all that intended acreage did not get planted. So that's something to think about moving down the road. But I'll emphasize that again, it's down the road in terms of lower acreage for 2024 uh, as you get into that crop year. Uh, but um, uh, for the time being, in terms of this 2023 crop, again, record SRW yields, uh, soft red winter yields were seen, confirmed by the USDA at the end of September, and uh, demand is just fierce competition at the moment. So we're still searching for demand down at these lower prices. Just a quick note, Brian Basting with us, advanced trading on corn as a farmer gets ready for the winter season and planning for 2024, a farmer planning to grow another corn crop. Sharpen that pencil? Yeah, it's a great point, Andy. In my opinion, risk management is at the top of, of the uh, priority list as we close, close in on the holidays here for a producer. I think that, that defending your balance sheet as you move forward, these balance sheets, I don't want to overgeneralize, but in general, they are they are pretty firm yet, even despite some lower prices now, because you've had good yields. Um, but those balance sheets must be defended. In my opinion, there's a lot of good marketing tools to utilize to do that, Andy. It's just a matter of a producer looking at that 24 crop and saying, what are my objectives? How can I do this? I'd remind your listeners, Andy, that we're not going to have that crop insurance price for 2024 until the end of February next year. That's more than three and a half months away. 
and a lot can change over the next three and a half months. Yes, the market could go higher, but it could go lower. So I, I think it's it's time to go ahead and, and I'd remind your listeners this, Andy, and we emphasize this often with our producers, is that once you make that decision in terms of purchasing your seed, for example, for corn for 2024 and or um, putting down anhydrous, for example, in the fall here, that you've made a commitment on that one side, and that is the cost of production side, we'd recommend, strongly recommend, that you get the the price uh, side locked in too. Because what you're doing is you, you already locked in the production side. As a, as a grower, I'd remind your listeners, you're, you're just hoping, if you don't do anything market-wise, you're hoping the market's going to go higher. Sure, it could, but, but no one knows. And um, again, you, you've got one side of that equation locked in. There are ways to, to lock in a floor, Andy, for 2024 and leave the upside open. Um, so I'd, I'd, I'd suggest that uh, your producers uh, consider working with Preston Risk Management Advisor to, to, to look at how they can do that. But simultaneously, get that once you get that input, once you get that seed bought, uh, chemicals purchased, whatever the case may be, or all of the above, you're going to grow beans, you're going to grow corn. Uh, we'd strongly recommend that the producer look at simultaneously getting some price protection in place. Otherwise, you're just hoping that the market's going to go higher. Analysis from Brian Basting, economist at Advanced Trading. Brian's number 309-664-2314. On the Hat Friday Farm Market Review, down in the grains, corn and wheat lower. December corn 464, four cents off. March down three and three quarters, 479. Beans got a boost from higher soy oil and a rebound from the Thursday sell-off. January contract 1347 and a half up four cents. March beans 1360 and three quarters up three and a quarter. December wheat five and a half lower 575 and a quarter. March down seven cents. A mixed picture in the meats. Very quiet cattle futures. December 174.17, 17 cents lower. February up 17. And December lean hogs up 45 at 71.90. I'm Andy Eubank with the Friday Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm radio network.